1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook where we post all of the podcast episodes and you can subscribe to the show on the Spotify, on Google Play, iTunes, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. We are the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. That is right. The number one podcast. And you can find us wherever you can find podcasts. If you look for podcasts, you'll find Locked on Packers. That's what we do. That's where we are. We are everywhere. You look for us Absolutely all the time. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775. We are the show for Packer fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. And yes, we are. And I cannot repeat this enough. The number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. True, 100% true. At least based on the numbers that I was given. And, and that's what I'm going to go with because that's what we do. That's where we are. I believe in the numbers. I believe in the data. I believe in the math. And the math says we're number one. So even if that is incredible to me and, amazing, and I, I, it is it hard for me to comprehend, that's what the math says. And so if that's what the data says, I'm going to believe it. The same is true for the Packers And in Week 16, they beat the New York Jets 44-38 in overtime. A walk-off winner for Aaron Rodgers. He finds Devontae Adams in the back of the end zone. And the Packers win 44-38. Rodgers finishes the game 37-55. 442 yards, two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, including the go-ahead score under two minutes to go. The Drew Brees touchdown, which I called... By the way, for the record, called for the Drew Brees touchdown on fourth and goal, and this was a vintage Rodgers performance. And until the end of the game, it was it was almost a vintage Rodgers performance. It was a it was a near Rodgers vintage performance. It was it was vintage a That's what it was. And at the end. The Packers got the ball in overtime and marched it down the field and got got the aid of a couple penalties, not all of which they needed, and they won the game. That was what was really, truly important about all of this. And that was the thing about Aaron Rodgers playing was, is he going to give the team enough, not just to lead them to victory, but inspire them moving forward? And that was... That was, the, I think, the big question. If you were a Packer fan, you're looking at this going, well, why is Rodgers playing? And I think there's a really great moment where in the, in the waning seconds, really, of the Packers game, the Packers score a touchdown to take the lead. It's 36-35, and they're going for two. And in the process of going for two, Rodgers throws the ball to Jimmy Graham in an adversity catch situation. It would be the first time all season Jimmy Graham has made this play. He doesn't. The pass is picked off. It's returned for a two-point conversion. And the reason this is important is because it, it, it swings the balance of power. If, if that play had stood... And the Packers had had scored what they thought was the go-ahead touchdown and then gone down. It wasn't like, well, they get the ball. No, they don't get the ball. They have to kick it to the Jets. And they have to get a stop and, and get the ball back. Well, tough luck. They don't have timeouts for that. And they would have had to kick onside. And the chances of them getting it, given the new onside rules, were just infinitesimal. So what happened? Well, the the play was called back because there was a defensive penalty. And here, and David Bakhtiari, all the way down the field, chases the Jets defender to the end zone, who it looked like had just basically won the game for the Jets. And on that play, David Bakhtiari tweaks something. Not clear what. And we still don't really know what, but tweaks something. And David Bakhtiari, after the game, said, look, if Aaron Rodgers is out there, I'm going to be out there. And he said it explicitly. If 12 is out there, I'm going to be out there. And, And I think that specific anecdote, really does ring true in a really important way because after the game, Aaron Rodgers said the following. This is what he said. He said, I'm a competitor. 20 years from now, I don't want to look back and know I quit on my teammates. I want to know that in a game that didn't mean a whole lot, down 14 multiple times in the game, by the way, they were down 15 multiple times in the game, that I was out there leading them. I never lost faith And we did it together. That's what I'll take a lot of pride in down the road. When I look back about this season, is a game like tonight. David Bakhtiari essentially said, I was out there because Rodgers was out there. And Tremont Williams got lit up on a punt return, had a cut on his forehead, and bit off part of his tongue and got back on the field and was turning kicks was playing safety, was out there gutting it out. This team, and I said it all week, and I, I stand by it, by the way. And I know my family was there, and thank you so much for everyone that offered your your really kind support and praise for us being there, and and hey, I hope you have a great game, and hey, Merry Christmas, all that stuff. I I, I read it to them. They were tickled by it. They thought it was terrific. So thank you for being so supportive of my family being in New York and being a part of this game. But they weren't the ones on the field gutting it out. We were, we were in the stands doing fine, okay? So that is not the part that I think is impressive here. What is impressive is you have a group of players playing in a game that means essentially nothing to them. And they fight in a way that they haven't really fought most of the season. And they, and they close the game in a way that they haven't closed games most of the season. Now, part of that is because the offense, you know, Aaron Rodgers, given what we saw from him, this is this was his best game of the year. I don't care what you saw in the second half of Chicago and, and, and those things were terrific. He didn't play as well, strictly speaking in that game as he did in this one. And part of the reason for that is Geronimo Allison was on the field in week one. Randall Cobb was on the field in week one. So for Rodgers to put together the game that he put together, and he goes five for five targeting Equinemius St. Brown before what I can only assume is a brain injury on a beautiful cover two throw to Equinemius that was that he caught and then was, was penalized, the Jets were, for the, the hit on him. But he goes 5-for-5 for for 94 yards. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 5 catches, 75 yards. Devontae Adams, 11 catches, 71 yards. Jake Kumaro, 3 catches, 3-for-3 for For 68 yards, including that 49-yard touchdown. His his first as an NFL player. And outside of the early beginnings of, especially the first quarter. Outside of the first quarter. This was the Packers offense we expected to see. They scored 17 in the second quarter. They scored 18 in the fourth quarter, and they scored six, the decisive six, in overtime. But if we just look at, at those two quarters, 17 and 18, that's 35 points in two quarters. Two important quarters, Green Bay down 15 in the second half. They come back to win this game. You look at the way Aaron Rodgers played, and I think that is the thing that I, that I that is most important when you look at all of the, 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 the contributing factors to this game. Aaron Rodgers didn't play like the guy we saw most of the year, and for the first quarter and, and change, he did. Stepped up in the pocket, missed a throw. Even in the second half, he had Devontae Adams open for a touchdown on a double move, missed it. But there were plenty of other throws he made perfectly, including the game winner to to Devontae Adams. But he had he made a number of plays with his legs, not just the touchdown runs. He almost had another touchdown run, by the way, but he had he had the two that he had plus the one down to the one yard line. That that was the drive that ended up in the fourth and one, Drew Brees. End zone touchdown. I don't know why every quarterback doesn't do that. Just snap the ball and and hold it over the goal line. That's all you have to do. And, And the defender did hit the ball out, but it had already crossed the plane. It's a touchdown. And let's go. And so the Packers, when you look at this, they played a hell of a game offensively. Jamal Williams, 15 carries, 95 yards, averaged over six yards a catch. He also had six catches for 61 yards. So over 150 total yards from Jamal Williams. This was Jamal Williams, despite the fact that he only, he only scored one time. This was his best game as a pro to me. There were one or two mishaps in pass protection. But the way that he played with the confidence that he played and hitting the hole and, and just with burst going, we're going to go, we're going to do this. This is what we're doing. I was so impressed with what I saw from Jamal Williams today, and and he was for most of the game, aside from just a very small handful of assignments. He was so stout in pass protection, and that is clearly so important for what the Packers need him to be. So to get this performance from him, the 150 total yards plus the pass protection, this was what Green Bay needed. And it wasn't like, okay, they needed Jamal Williams to be awesome and they needed Aaron Rodgers to be heroic to get a win. That is true that that is a thing that happened, except when you look around at this game and all of the things around it, Green Bay gives up a, a touchdown on a kick return, not the offense or the defense fault. On a kick return to them, they fumble the ball, they give up a touchdown. So you're talking about a 14-point swing for the special teams alone. The Packers, really for the first time all season, are able to overcome a slew of injuries by the team itself. And that is, if you're going to give a reason why Aaron Rodgers played. And again, I didn't think it was the right move. I didn't love that he was out there. He took a ton of hits a bunch of sacks, he's running around, I mean he had five carries, but the reason he's out there is to try and win the game, and the Packers did win the game, but he did take hits, and you didn't want him to do that, but when you look around at the players on the field, when Green Bay is out there making decisive drives, and Equinemius St. Brown is hurt, and Devontae Adams is getting double-covered. You have to make plays to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And you have to make plays to Jake Kummerow and Jamal Williams and Jimmy Graham and Lance Kendricks and all of the guys that had to be out there to give Green Bay snaps. It took a team effort and they had to overcome special teams. They had to overcome their third string defense, giving up a ton of points. I mean, you score 38 on the road, you expect to win. You score 30 on the road, you expect to win. But they had to score 38 in in regulation plus the extra six in overtime to win because the defense is starting backups to the backups at cornerback. They're starting backups to the backups to the backups at outside linebacker, backups at defensive line. I mean, you look around this team and you're, you're looking at backups all over the field. And yet Aaron Rodgers, the much maligned Aaron Rodgers, was able to lead this team to a win. And and I don't want to hear any of the conversations or the criticisms about, oh, well, they should have lost draft position. They could have been the number seven pick. Now they're going to be 14. That is not what the Green Bay Packers are. And I understand that that's true. You'd rather have the higher draft pick in a vacuum. But if you're the Packers and you look at this team, Jake Kumaro makes a play. That's huge. On the road, you, you ensure that you do not go 0-8 on the road. Marquez Valdez, Scatling, EQ, those guys make big plays in big moments. That's important when you're trying to build a culture and you're trying to build a team with these young players. In a perfect world, those guys are not on the field because Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb are on the field. Those guys are hurt, and there's just nothing you can do about that because they're hurt, and there's, and that's just life. That's football. That's how it works, but the guys on the field produced. EQ is a player. MVS has value on this team. Jake Kumaro might have value on this team. He, I mean, three for three in targets, 68 yards, a touchdown. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, five receptions, 75 yards. 42-yard long, made some big plays. It seems like the receivers are finally coming to an understanding about when Rodgers scrambles, we need to find ways to get to him. We need to find ways to create openings for ourselves so he sees us and we can can get throws from him because this was the first game really all season since those injuries to Allison and Cobb that Rodgers has escaped the pocket and made plays to those secondary guys, those rookie guys, and made plays for first downs. That is the difference. And and that is so crucial if you're going to play. Again, I don't love that he played Aaron Rodgers. But if you're going to play, develop some continuity. Develop some chemistry. Get those guys on the same page. Get everything working the way that it needs to be working because those that's momentum you can take into next season. Those are opportunities you can say we made them when we needed to make them to win a game and and we did. But then in the off season, we need to build on that. And we need to make it better. We need to push forward and and we need to we need to make sure that Aaron Rodgers and EQ MVS, all those guys are on the same page because Rodgers and Adams no one should worry about that. They're good. And Jamal Williams is clearly a, a talented, capable running back. And the and and Williams and Aaron Jones, they can play together. If they can get a little pass-catching running back in there, they can do some really interesting things. That's why I love the idea of Josh McDaniels because they'll become formationally more diverse. They're able to put in the situations with these players that that make them most effective. And that is what offense is all about and all of that can make this team a team that it otherwise wouldn't be but for the first time really all season we saw a, an offense light up a pretty good defense and the jets are pretty good i understand letter williams get ejected but there are still talented players on this defense first round picks high high free agent dollar signings this defense is still really solid and really, Aaron Rodgers lit it up. Jamal Williams lit it up. This offense got whatever it wanted, and I think that is the kind of sign you want to see if you're going to play your guys. And and for the millionth time, I'm I am not in favor of playing your guys in these situations. And I I, I wish they weren't going to play them next week, but they are. But if you're going to play your guys, what you want to see is them producing at a level that gets you here, that gets you to forty four points. And a win in overtime. That's what the Packers got. That's what they needed. And that pushes them forward. That gets this offense a little bit of momentum into Week 17. And what really matters is they're playing well. Heading into the offseason to give this front office a chance to evaluate the players. Gives them an opportunity for the front office to say this is what the Packers need. Versus this is what they don't. And then move into offseason mode. Finding the right coach to bring this team into the 21st century with their offense.
0: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E.
1: If there are going to be questions about what happened on Sunday in New Jersey, it would be you look at Sam Darnold and you look at this Jets offense and you say, wow, they really got after Green Bay. And they did. Sam Darnold, 341 yards, almost 10 yards per attempt, three touchdowns, no picks, a quarterback rating, a shade under 130. That's not getting it done. And you look at this defense, and and look, we got messages on the Lockdown Packers fan hotline. I understand it. People are frustrated with the defense. They're annoyed with the defense. You do have to remember the following. Kevin King, not on the field. That's the starting corner. J.R. Alexander goes out in the first half. That's your best corner. So now you're without your top two defensive backs full stop, but also your top corners. They're gone. You're also already without your top two pass rushers, Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels, and probably three of your top four pass rushers with Nick Perry also out for the year. So now you're starting Tremont Williams at safety, who's really a corner. And Josh Jackson's got to play. Bashad Breeland has got to play. Tony Brown, who's an undrafted free agent. Now he's got to play. And, and I thought he played well, frankly. But you're, you're so down to your second and third string players that I, I don't know what Mike Patton is supposed to do. I think Mike Patton is a good coach. And I think he's done a lot of really good things this year. And I know not everyone agrees with me, but I think a lot of Packer fans, at least a lot of the Packer fans that I deal with day to day on Twitter, they're asking me constantly, how can how can the Packers figure out a way for Mike Patton to be the next defensive coordinator? How can they figure out a way to, to make sure that the next head coach really likes Mike Patton and to create some continuity and all of that stuff. And and I don't I don't always have good answers for that because those are complicated answers. And they're complicated questions because who knows who the next head coach is going to be? Who knows what his history is with defense. Does he even want a 3-4 head coach? Does he want to blitz a lot? Does he want to play coverage? I mean, there are so many factors here that we don't know and we're not privy to that it is really hard to handicap who the next coach is going to be. And if Mike Patton is a worthy defensive coordinator for that particular person, I like Mike Patton. I like him as a dude. I like him as a personality. And I don't think it's fair to say, okay, well, the Packers have had these struggles, and so this is all on Mike Patton. Now, when you come to Ron Zook, look, it's hard for me not to blame Ron Zook for what's going on. The special teams, there has been a disaster for years. And so I'm not going to say, oh, well, we're Ron Zook, blah, blah, blah. No, Ron Zook should have been gone. Ron Zook should have been gone before Mike McCarthy. It is a joke that Ron Zook lasted longer in Green Bay, at least relative to, to current time, than Mike McCarthy did. That's It's it's ridiculous. I, I mean, I wouldn't trust Ron Zook to, to coach my non-existent child's flag football team. Mike McCarthy is still a hell of a coach. And the fact that Mike McCarthy is no longer employed in Green Bay and Ron Zook is, is just, it's. I said it on Twitter, it's farcical. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. But the point here is, Speaking of the defensive issues, the pass rushers are gone, interior and exterior. And then you lose your your starting corners, you're going to struggle. And, and at a certain point, even a rookie quarterback like Sam Darnold is going to say, well, I've got enough dudes. I mean, Robbie Anderson is a player. It's, it's looking like Chris Herndon is a player. Turns out Elijah McGuire is a player. And the Jets have some some talent. Green Bay does not have the talent to sustain the kind of injuries that they've sustained over the course of this season. And that is fine. That is what it is. Most teams don't have the players to sustain the kind of injuries Green Bay has sustained. You lose your both your starting corners, you're going to struggle. You lose your two best pass rushers, you're going to struggle. You lose all four of those, you can't win. You can't win games like that. You, you you just can't. And the Packers did. They found a way to win a game on the road against a team that isn't great. But the Jets do have four wins. They, they have beaten some teams. Sam Darnold played really well in this game. Robbie Anderson is a really dynamic receiver. They have some really talented defensive players. And yet, they were not able to come up with this win. Green Bay got it. They went out and got it. And for a team that has struggled a lot of the year, In these close games, this is, if you're going to look at something statistically and say, well, they're not going to keep losing all these close games, this is a great example. This is a good start. This is a good turning point to say, well, the statistics said you can't keep losing all of these close games on the road. Well, Green Bay didn't. They came back and they won this game 44-38. No one should be worried about the draft pick status. No one should be complaining, oh, well, they could have had the 7th pick. Now they have the 14th pick. No, that's not how this works. You do your best. And teams, plenty of teams, have had really good draft picks at 16, at 18, at 20. And Green Bay is not going to get down that far. They're going to be in the teens. They're still going to have an opportunity to draft a really good player. So no one should be concerned that Green Bay is playing itself out of a good draft pick. They're not going to do that, even if they beat Detroit. And they go 7, 8, and 1. I mean, Green Bay, listen, last year they won seven games, and they picked in the low teens. They're going to pick in the teens. They're going to pick somewhere in the 12 through 18, no matter what happens next week. And no one should be that concerned about those draft picks because the difference really is minimal.
0: This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, shouldn't your printer be smart too? It is, with HP+. These printers know when they're running low, so you always get the ink you need delivered right when you need it. Plus, you save up to 50% on ink, so you can print whatever you want, as much as you want, any time you want. Huh, that is pretty smart. Get six free months of instant ink when you choose HP+. Plus. Conditions apply. Visit hp.com smart for details.
1: All right, so today is Christmas Eve. We will not have a show on Christmas Day. We will have a show on the 26th. My plan is to have a show Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of this week, and we will figure out what we need to do in terms of breaking down what happened to the lion's. If Aaron Rodgers is going to play, all of the stuff that needs to be broken down, if there are more rumors about what's going on with the Packers coaching search. We'll get to all of that over the course of this week. Uh we'll get we'll get into the Lions insofar as we need to do that. I don't think that it's super necessary that we get very far in depth. But just, just to prepare you, because it sounds like the 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 main players here are gonna play. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, those guys are gonna play. Devontae Adams. Is very close to the franchise record, two catches away from the franchise record in receiving. And maybe the Packers just say, look, we're gonna get on the record, hopefully a, a lead, and then everyone can can leave and Deshaun Kaiser can finish the game. I think that's best case scenario for everyone of all Packers are up 17-0. Rodgers leaves, Kaiser's in, and they go from there. That's the best case scenario, but we'll see what happens. It is a holiday week. Uh, I, I'm I'm grateful for everyone who wrote in, sent texts, DMs, whatever it was, and, and wished my family a Merry Christmas. Uh, a Merry Christmas to everyone out there who celebrates, and a Happy Holidays to everyone who doesn't. Uh, I, I, I appreciate the support that you've shown this podcast. Uh, again, we are the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, the number one unique podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And I will continue to mention that until it continues to not be cool, to me anyway, and continues to not be true. So it's going to be a while, and uh, I don't apologize for that. Thank you everyone who has helped make that possible. Thank you everyone who has made 2018 such an awesome season for Locked On Packers, even if the Green Bay Packers have not exactly pulled their weight in that department But we are going to continue to do this show for you because that's why we are here. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775. We've got one week left, so you've got to continue to stay Locked on Packers.